This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. We're very prepared here at Recovery Revolution Live in case you guys <laughs> haven't figured it out. This is a well-oiled machine that we are a part of here. Oh, and somebody's got their Facebook open. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I was just talking about how well-oiled of a machine we were. Perfect. And then we well, I had to back. share it. I had to share it. So yeah, understandable. Understandable. Well, how Some is everybody doing? It. How's everybody doing tonight? I've been home from work for about three minutes. So <laughs> from the waist down, I'm still in my work clothes, giving away the secrets. I threw on nice. a shirt and a hat, but I'm still dirty and nasty, and I'm here. And I'm congested. Okay. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm better than I was last week, man. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I had a pretty short day today, so I've been watching uh, Westworld for the last couple hours. And, yeah, but just so everybody knows, uh, anybody that saw last week, uh, my mom's doing good. I mean, better than she was. I don't know why that doctor told us that she was going to die in two days, except for that she has to treat every situation with the utmost uh, seriousness and severity. But she sure scared the shit out of us, man. She scared us bad. And, uh, you know, she's been fighting through it. She. Her fevers have gone down. She was spiking real bad fevers around that time, like of 105 and shit, like every eight to 12 hours. And, uh, you know, they were thinking that she wasn't going to make it. But although her days are numbered, now we at least know that we feel more comfortable. We're going to get to spend some more time and make some more memories with her. And hopefully she can get her strength back up. We stopped her chemo so that she could fight off this bacterial infection she's got going on get over that shit maybe build up some strength so she can get out of the hospital so uh hopefully she'll be able to return home and get her puppy back and find some enjoyment in the time she's got left because the aml is gonna take her out it has mutated it's one of the worst mutations you can have in aml but um really you know the the pressing issue the reason they thought she was going to pass away so fast was because of this other shit the bacterial thing so she's doing good she's doing a lot better today and uh thanks for you guys for being there for me and all your support all right mm. sorry to go on a tangent but i wanted no, to throw no, everybody no. in that's more that's more important anything that we're going to talk about tonight probably <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I don't know about, you know, levels of importance. I mean, I might be a little partial, but I'm also very partial to this work that we do. Uh, and we all do it in our different ways. But you, brother Randy, are a real, real gem and you're an asset and you do so much good. So I don't I don't know, man, what the stuff you're doing is of the utmost. 
Thanks. Saving lives, brother. You know, I remember uh, when I left when I left a job and I my sales job, my last sales job, and the sales manager there says to me, "Well, Randy, I, I really hope you make it big." And I said, "You know what? I don't want to make it big. I just want to make a big difference." And uh, oh, I love it. That's uh, that's kind of what I keep thinking about every time I all the stuff I do is like I don't care about the fame and fortune and making a bazillion dollars. Like, right? I just I don't want I don't want people to die anymore. You know, <laughs> like just yeah. Anyways, well here I go. See, so getting all emotional now. Now you're gonna make me cry, Jason. Thanks. Like we just said this before we started, but the best part about my recovery is I got my feelings back. The worst part about my recovery is I got my feelings back. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you brought it up because I was like, yeah, I just like came on here for like 10 minutes, like a bowl in a China shop and had a complete mental breakdown in front of everybody. It was hard not to be a little bit embarrassed about it, but I mean, I just felt compelled to like, come on and let you guys know that um, I want to be here. I love being here in this space and doing this, but I needed to, uh, I needed to go be with my mom, you know what I'm saying? And see what was going on. And the shit was scary, dude. Um, hardcore. Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. I seen your comment in there. Thanks for the prayers, Nikki and Heather and all, man, so many people reached out after, uh, that shit last week it really was nice and i i trust that god hears those prayers and that that is making the world a difference for my mom in her current situation yeah amen and Anyways. welcome welcome to amanda who's filling in tonight good to see you again amanda welcome back thank you good to be here where 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 are you from amanda I think I've seen you on social media somewhere on the Mobilize page or somewhere recently, but. Yeah. So um, I've done a few different lives. Um, Recovery Revolution, probably the main one. Um, I've done a few podcasts. Um, so I am in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I work for Wake Up Carolina, which is a recovery community organization. We do a ton of harm reduction, peer support. Um, I mean, anything free HIV, finger stick, um, HIV testing, fentanyl testing strips, free Narcan, um, you know, reversal, overdose reversal training. Um, we have multiple meetings from mom, mom gathering to dad to dad to young adult to, um, our all, all recovery adult, um, meetings on Fridays at six 30 that I actually facilitate. Um, and we're going to actually be starting smart recovery. I finished my training for facilitator and family and friends facilitator as well. So September 12th, we'll be starting that. So we got a lot going on. We have an overdose awareness event also at the end of this month that, um, we have a memorial presentation. So if any of you guys, um, have someone that you, like lost from any substance use, any kind of an overdose, um, any substance overdose from any substance. Um, you can send the loved one or friends picture and name to info at wakeupcarolina.org. And they will be put in our memorial slideshow from our event. And it will also be live on our Facebook page as well for people who aren't here to actually attend the event. Nice. 
That is awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's actually. Did you get that, Brett? Brett's on mute. The return on mute. Yeah. Are you near? Uh, so I I know Devin uh, Laval Laval. I can't even say the Wilkes Recovery Center or Wilkes Recovery. Is that any anywhere? Aren't they in South Carolina too? I'm not sure. Oh, North I'm Carolina. Trying. I just looked them up. They're in North Carolina. Okay. So I'm trying backwards, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get better at like learning all the places. Um, I'm very, very blessed to work with amazing people who have a lot of like education and knowledge of a bunch of recovery facilities and detox facilities. So I'm trying to learn more. Um Awesome. So yeah, um, this is actually this event, our overdose, obviously most of us know August is overdose awareness month and the 31st is overdose awareness day. September is recovery month, you know, so it's a big deal. And this event, our overdose awareness event is how I found wake up Carolina. My, um, my story is long, but the point of it is my late husband overdosed, um, three months into my recovery. So very early. And I found wake up three months after his death. I found wake up doing this exact event. So it's, this is like four, four years ago. Um, so it's really awesome because it's coming full circle. And now I work here and I'm helping with all these things and getting to honor the everyone's loved ones and friends. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it really is it's very exciting and like just fills my heart and does a lot of healing for me to be a part of this. So I'm, I'm very excited for the event. Um, even if there's some heaviness with the, you know, loss of life, it's very healing for a lot of people as well. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, I, I also another gentleman. I know Mike Todd from freedom recovery center in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I've known Mike, we got, we met in, uh, mobilized recovery 2019, the first year, and we've stayed in good contact ever since, but Mike runs some recovery residences there too, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we're, and we're having a Jason, I'm sure you, well, so we're having our international overdose awareness day, uh, candlelight vigil or, uh, whatever they call it, awareness day event at Loring park in Minneapolis from seven to 9 PM. Uh, they've asked me to go talk or speak there, say a few words, which I'm very honored to do. And right. wish I, didn't, I wish I didn't have to though, because you know, I don't, I didn't want to belong to, I don't want, I'm, I'm just saying it because I didn't want to belong to the club that now I belong to. Like when uh, I lost my sister to her addiction in November, 2020, and then I lost my birth mom two months later in January, 21. And then my stepdad died of a fentanyl overdose, September 17th. Uh, so in a 14 month period there, it was like, I'm the last living adult on my birth family side. Uh, which is really sad, but yeah. It is sad. But I feel like it's awesome that you're who you are, bro. You know, like you can make make it so they didn't die in vain. You can spread the message and you can try to fucking wake people up. You know what I mean? Just yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> now we're getting real heavy. So anyways, all right, let's not get so heavy because I don't want get... <laughs> uh, to let's keep it on the light side. So yeah, I know uh, I'm really, so I wanted to thank, uh, I don't remember how I even got this. I think Ashley originally invited me to be on this uh, show. And then, you know, I'd met JR 
last year, I think, at Mobilize, 2020 Mobilize, or maybe 2021 Mobilize. I can't remember right now. And uh, pretty cool that, uh, you know, my, my recovery family, I call them from all over the United States. Like, and, and a lot of that's, uh, a big part of that is due to Mobilize Recovery. Like, just getting, being able to, I mean, I knew a lot of people before that, but then Mobilize bringing us all together uh, 2019 in Vegas and then 2020 virtually and then back to Vegas in 2021 uh, was pretty cool. And now 2022, I'm excited about though, because, uh, you know, we, we say sayings in the recovery world, like meeting people where they're, at, where they're at, right? And that's what Ryan's decided to do this year. Instead of like bringing people to him, he's going to try to go meet people where they are. So he's got this bus tour starting on launching from Vegas on September 5th and then going for like two weeks, like, which is really cool, but yeah, it's uh, and then there's going to be a conference at the end of the month, end of September, uh, to kind of for the learning part of it and the sessions and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's pretty cool to be involved with. I'm uh, I'm really excited, Jason. You, I mean, your first year was last year too, right? You got to go, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I did uh, apply the year before, yeah, but it was all virtual and right. it was like tuesday through right. thursday yeah and i had to work dude right. i couldn't afford to take off like almost a full week so right. i was bummed i was like why wouldn't they have it on the weekend yeah yeah it was all sad yeah i remember you saying <laughs> and i remember you saying that actually and you're and one of the things you've always you've said complained about a lot which is a legit complaint is that a lot of the stuff happens during the week when for people that have normal jobs, it doesn't work well, right? For, I mean, for for me, who you know, not having a what I would call a normal job, where you know, even now running, even before when I was the overdose prevention manager, I kind of still set my own schedule. Like, right, I didn't have to, I didn't necessarily work Monday through Friday, eight to five, right? I worked when when I wanted to, which was great. And then now starting my own business in 2019. I feel like I get to set my own schedule, but I take on so much. I really don't get to set my own schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, you're a busy man, my friend. Yeah. Like to, for instance, just to, for an example, cause I seen your comment on Caroline's post. Oh, so yeah. tell everybody what your schedule looks like. What events are you going to for uh, recovery month? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I actually had to make a list because just to keep my own sanity. So I made a list three here is my three month schedule. So I called it. So where, what date are we at? Or the 18th. So let's see. So tomorrow, I'm just going to try to go through this really quickly. Tomorrow I'm doing a, com a campaign parade for one of our elected officials. Uh, I, me and my friend Gina, who do a lot of advocacy work here in the state and during session, we spend a ton of time at the Capitol, but we have we have legislators on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats that have always taken on our issues and been like chief authors and champions. So we made a de decision this election cycle that we're going to support and be there for those elected officials because they've been there for us. Right. And so this is my fifth parade tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow it's supposed to rain, but I have a parade for one of our elected officials Saturday, the 20th, I'm doing a, uh, uh, two events, actually. I'm doing a uh, Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. Is, uh, they're retiring one of their canines, and I've been invited to that event. And then we're doing a screening, a tipping the pain scale. And then, mm. and then, uh, yeah, at the Blood Theater. You should come, Jason. It's free. It's on Saturday. I, mean, I don't know what you're doing, but it's from 2 to 4. It's pretty cool. Uh, NIA Recovery Initiative is hosting it, and I'm just partnering with them. Uh, then I'm doing, then I'm heading to Bemidji 
Uh, oh no, next week. So oh God, back up, Randy. Next Monday, I start a full six day, 46 hour recovery coach Academy and ethics training. That's all next week. And then the 28th, uh, I'll be at the state Hennepin County Sheriff's Office State Fair booth volunteering. And then the 29th, I'm doing an ethics training for recovery coaches. And then the 31st, this is August still. Uh, the 31st, I'm at the fair again for the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. And then on the 31st after that, I'm heading to the Overdose Awareness Day event. Uh, and then I leave the next morning for Vegas for Mobilize Recovery, which I'll be there until the 8th. I fly back on the 8th. And then we have our event on the 11th. So I get like Ninth, the ninth and tenth, I don't have anything on my schedule, but we're planning for our Minneapolis event, so that's why I left it open. <laughs> so I have Minneapolis event on the eleventh on September twelfth. I have a Hennepin County Sheriff's Office Narcan training on the thirteenth. I leave for Bemidji. I'm doing a recovery coach academy up there, a two week over a two week period. Uh, the seventeenth is the walk for recovery. The twenty fourth, I'm doing a, another screening of tipping the pain scale in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, which is four hours north of Minneapolis. Uh, the 26th, I'm going to Mankato State University for a screening of tipping the pain scale. The, 28th, the 28th, I'm going to the St. Cloud State for the Recovery Initiatives Breakfast. Ryan Hampton's coming. I'm, I'm his chauffeur for the day. Uh, then I'm then the Mobilized Recovery Conference is the 29th through the 1st. So three days, 29, 30, or four, three or four days for the actual conference. And then I'm doing a spirituality training the October 4th and 5th. And another, another Narcan training on the 4th. The Addiction Faith Conference. I'm presenting on the sixth, and I'm flying in to Indianapolis on the on the seventh uh, uh, through the eleventh. The NADAC conference. I'm presenting, and then I'll be back for my police commission meeting that I have. I'm on the police commission here in my city, and then the Steve Rimmer Hope Network Gala on October fourteenth. Then I have a professionalism training the seventeenth and eighteenth, and then the March conference the twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. So. That's my schedule for the next two and a half months. I, just, I was gonna say that's a lot more than just uh that's two and a half know, months recovery month. <laughs> yeah, no, that's more that's my two and a half month schedule. Uh Damn. I'm presenting at four conferences in October. <laughs> so what do you what do you do that. in your free time? <laughs> what, <laughs> what's that? Say, what is that? This is my free time right now. Like I'm I'm on a uh, this revel this podcast or whatever cast you guys call it. <laughs> this is my free time. Nice. What do you, um, what do you, I'm just curious. So yeah. I, I guess like six months ago, maybe even more, um, tipping the pain scale came yeah. to Charleston yeah. and, um, I was lucky enough to be a part of it and watch it. Um, and I was floored. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in recovery four and a half years. Yeah. So I've, I've seen some things. I go to tent city. I go to all the places, you know, I'm, it's nothing new. However, um, the, a lot of the people in tipping the pain scales, the actual like people that they were following the life of were, they were actually there like yeah. speaking, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought that was just really neat. Um, so anyway, my point is when I was watching for something to like shock me, um, with my journey and what I've seen and experienced my lived experience and, you know, peer support, things I've heard, I was really like, Oh my gosh, like it, it really is very different. Um, but how courageous these people are. Um, I mean, I just, for one, if somebody has not seen tipping the pain scales, I would, look it up and find somewhere that is playing it or a possible way you can see it because 
I am pretty, you don't want to say a lot, but I'm pretty educated, you know, in a lot of this addiction recovery, harm reduction. And I, I learned things and it also brought a new perspective to me. Um, that was probably one of the most educational, blunt, eye-opening, most gut-wrenching, heart, heart-wrenching, insanely beautiful. I, I don't even, you know, but it, I just, I find it so amazing. So it's so cool that you said that because it really made an impact obviously, right. Um, on, <laughs> on me when I watched it. So are you like, do you, do you do it a lot or is it just like yeah. coming to like your area and you're just helping them like play it? So I'm uh, so at, Jason and I were lucky enough to see the first screening ever public screening in Vegas yeah. and we were in Mobilize last year, but I'm Greg Williams and I are really good friends and I uh, donated to his Kickstarter originally. And thank you, Nikki, too, for the kind words. I thought I saw it in the chat there, but I, uh, and I donated to his Kickstarter. So I, I, I get, I want to brag a little, like my name's in the credits because everyone that put in so much money, got their names in the credits. I, it's cool to have your name in the credits of a movie. Like I can't, <laughs> I mean, holy shit. Like really, excuse me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like uh, anyway, so I, because of my donation to the Kickstarter originally, that gave me the screening rights to the movie. And so I have, so I have a DVD and I would like, I'd much rather have a digital copy, which Greg said he doesn't have available yet. But anyways, uh, so I'm, I'm just taking my DVD. This will be, I've already done, God, I think three or four screenings around the metro area. And now I'm starting to go out to like more, you know, outside the Twin Cities. So these places that I'm going to, like the closest one that I'm the next one is probably Mankato State. And that's an hour from my house. Uh, one of them, St. Cloud's an hour and a half from uh, Grand Rapids is four hours. All of the one in Minneapolis this Saturday is only 30 minutes. So that's a close one. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's really cool. And, uh, I mean, I know Rod, we all got to meet those folks and but even at Vegas. But before that, I, I've you know known Greg for years. I stalked Greg back in 2014 when you know, when the anonymous people came out and I I bought tickets to go to D.C. for the rally. And I bought I spent a ton of money. I got the VIP package and went backstage and I stalked Greg Williams like I'm going to meet this guy. In fact, after I saw the anonymous people, I said, I'm going to meet everyone in that movie. And I have. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, and I, since, since I said that, I've met everybody from that movie. My favorite was Carol Zaworski, the lady that spoke at that meeting. And she says, I wish I didn't have to tell you my story. I was, I was the, I was the rally marshal at a fed up rally at the, in Washington, DC. And this woman came up to talk to me, want to know, you know, more about what are, what you're doing. And, and her voice sounded so familiar. I said, I said, do I know you? And she goes, and she said her name, Carol Zawarski. I said, oh my God, you're from the anonymous people. And she goes, I am. How do you know that? I said, I said, I, and I started crying. I'm like, you're, when you said that in that church, when you like, I wish I didn't have to be here telling my story, but I know it'll save lives. Like she goes, I'll never forget you saying that. And she was like, we both were crying together. And I'm like, that was like such a moment I'll never forget in my life. Like, right. So but anyway, so Amanda, yeah, so I love Greg and all the work he's done, the anonymous people, Generation Found, and now Tipping the Pain Scale, amaze, all amazing documentaries. And I just want to get the word out. Like, I mean, it's uh, it's just amazing. Like, and yeah, and I, again, I just, and I haven't even gone, like, you know, who I am. I'm 
17 years in recovery, guys. Amanda doesn't even know who's sitting here talking, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, tell I us mean, about yourself. So Introduce I'm a, yourself. I'm a person living in long-term recovery. And what that means to me is I haven't used any alcohol, drugs, or mood-altering substance since January 9, 2005. So I'm hit, I hit 17 years this year, which is pretty amazing. Yesterday was a really a weird, the 17th, the number 17 in my life is, has a lot of significance. It was the day I self-surrendered to prison. It was the day we marched, uh, before, the day before we marched on Purdue Pharma. It was the day before I met my prosecuting attorney, who is now a U.S. Senator. It was like, there's a lot of things that intersect for me, these three between the 16th and 18th of this month. So, but anyways, I'm also, I think it's important to say, as I'm also a formerly incarcerated person, that was sentenced to 87 months in prison as a first-time nonviolent drug user with no criminal history. And I spent about seven, well, six days short of 60 months behind bars uh, for my disease, right? And I'm not, I don't mean to minimize, you know, what I did. I did, I sold drugs and I was a drug dealer and I did some things I regret doing, right? And, but I look at, you know, how the system treated me back in 2004 when I was arrested, uh, you know, prosecuted and I did, they did offer me treatment, which was a great thing. Thank, thank God they did one thing that, and I, it took me a while. I would say it took me 10 months to complete a 60 day program, but eventually I got it. And, uh, but I just, I, I know now in the work I do with the criminal justice reform and recovery advocacy and, and legislative work and policy work, like it costs taxpayers the you know, of the United States about around a half a million dollars to arrest prosecute and incarcerate me. What an utter waste of valuable financial resources. Like that money, I mean, if they would have invested, you know, let's just say they would have invested a hundred thousand in me to make sure I had adequate housing and proper job training and support, you know, for my recovery. Like that would have been a much better investment than just throwing me in prison for five years. But that's not the way our system works, right? And I mean, we've gotten a little better, but really not that much better. And it's sad that we're still the war on drugs is very much alive and drugs is still kicking our ass, right? I mean, 107,000 people dying now every year. Uh, and, you know, and I can't say that statistic without getting all choked up because, you know, one of those 107,000 that died of an overdose last year is my stepdad. And, and uh, it means, I mean, again, that club that I never wanted to belong to and I wished I didn't and I do now. And, but anyway, so that's a little, I know I here, I just kind of went down a rabbit hole, but just so Amanda knows who's sitting here blabbing away and why, why this work is so important to me and what I do. And, and, and I never thought I'd be that, that guy that like, like I love spending, like, <laughs> this is not normal for people probably, but I love spending time at my Capitol. Like when it's legislative session, you will most fi likely find me in the Capitol somewhere or on, or on a Zoom conference meeting or on a, you know, testifying or whatever. Like that's, I don't get paid a dime for any of that work. Like that doesn't pay the bills, but it's, it's the stuff I love the most. Like, but if we really want to change this system, we're going to have to, we're going to have to be at those tables. Like we're going to have to, we're, our voice needs to be heard. And either, either people are going to make decisions about us, whether we like it or not. And we can be involved or we don't have to be. I choose, I don't, my dad used to say to me, kid, either you're, you're either on the, you're either you have a seat at the table or you're on the menu. And I'm telling you what, I'm not, I'm not on anyone's menu. Like, so I'm, I'm going to be there. Like, and, and I, we won't always agree. And that's fine too. Like this last year, I worked on my first bill that I wrote and boy, did I, did I make some waves in the recovery community here in Minnesota? But I think, although the bill didn't pass, it got quite a ways, but what it did do that I'm really proud of is it got everyone talking like, cause mm -hmm. we were, 
we weren't talking prior to that. And now it's sad. It's kind of went back to we're not talking again because the session's over and now like they're not after Randy anymore. Right. And that's okay. Like, but, but it's, uh, that's the kind of thing though, even it, even if it just got everyone brought everyone together to talk, even if we disagreed to me, that was, that was a win. Like that's mission accomplished because the recovery community here is there's a lot of, and it's, it's because we fight about funding, right? It's not, we, we have a lot in common here. I mean, probably across the United States, we all like have so much in common, but we all are fighting so hard just to make a dollar. Like we're having bake sales and 5Ks and galas and silent auctions just so we can raise a few dollars to save people's lives. And that's ridiculous. Like, right. And I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done accepting that. I'm done saying, oh, we should be happy with what we got. And oh, at least they gave us something. No bullshit. Like, and I'm not going to make fun of COVID, but We've spent, as United States, we've spent about $6 trillion to fight COVID. Why, why are we not sp spending resources like that to fight the overdose crisis? Because if we if we did, I'm telling you what, we wouldn't be seeing 107,000 people dying every year. But because we're junkies and addicts and people that live under bridges and we're homeless and we have all those stereotypes and the stigma and the discrimination, we don't get the same funding that other health crises get. So there, I just went on a really long tangent, but- Love it. <laughs> so but, you know, it had a lot. It had a lot of um, a lot of information behind it because you know, for one, the I just heard something. Um, well, read something and then heard it actually like twenty minutes later, which was a little weird. But you know, the I can't remember word for word, but it pretty much was saying that COVID. You know, all these things are like boom, 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 boom in our face. And, but we've lost more adults from age 18 to 45. what, 47 or 45. 45? Yep. Yeah. So we've lost more people in that bracket, that age bracket, 18 to 45 years old. You could add all the cancer deaths, COVID deaths, at car accidents, and there were like two or three more added to that. And you still have not touched our numbers of loss. Yeah. So, Yes, COVID is a big deal. I'm not minimizing it. Cancer, again, I would never minimize that. Um, but it, but you make a very valid point because we have lost too many freaking people. And to sit down and tell us to sit down and shut the hell up because we aren't worthy of more money or it's not going to work or, you know, you have to want it. Well, there's a lot of people that I know that want it. And that's what wake up. That's what we do with any money that is donated in any event or organization. Anything that we do is we do treatment and detox scholarships because there just aren't that many options. Yeah. We all know. And you mentioned the hundred and seven thousand and one being your stepdad. Um, and I'm very sorry for your loss. Just to throw that out there, of course. Um, I remember, as I mentioned earlier, when I found wake up in the first overdose awareness event, there was, they have, we have signs and they say how many lives were lost in the tri-county area this year. And it was, it said 189. Um, and I remember it hitting me looking at that sign being like, holy crap, like a brick to the face, you know, that like one of those was my husband. Yeah. Um, and of course that's like not a club, you know, or a group that I ever wanted to be in, of course, either. Um, and I've done a lot of healing, you know, I'm four and a half years into it, but, um, but it still sucks to know that I am a widow. I'm, I'm, I am a recovering 
addict and I am also family of, you know, the family side. So I've got both sides like you. And that is, um, that's very traumatizing and it's very hard to put into words to explain. Um, I don't want to say that I'm blessed to be in that bracket because I mean, let's be honest, it, it sucks a little bit. Right. But the amount of awareness that we can bring because we are so educated in both of those things opens up so, so many more doors, um, and breaking the stigma and bringing awareness and spreading hope and telling people you don't need to be ashamed. I was just on a live this last week and everybody just kept saying how, um, how awesome it was that I was sh sharing my story and it was empowering. And, and it is every, every single person. I say the same thing. I'm not downplaying it, but it, it hurts my heart sometimes when people say it to me because I, I'm just so serious about what you do in your addiction, your choices, your decisions, who you hurt, who you rob, who you sell to, who you buy from, all of those things. You have got to give yourself the grace, obviously, because you are not the same person. You know, You're, you are way back in the back and the addiction is way up in the front making all the decisions, you know, serotonin, dopamine levels. We all know the deal. So the whole the whole circle around what you're doing, the number, the criminal, you know, the criminal justice reform stuff. I was just talking to somebody the same thing about that, that it's so crazy to me that we go and throw people in jail, in prison for things, whether it's the first time offense, the second, the third, the fourth. I, I don't even I mean, I care, but I don't care like on the number because Throwing them in jail is not, you're not teaching them how to deal with urges, triggers. You're not helping them with withdrawals. You're not teaching them how to people, places, things. You're not helping them or rehabilitating them in any sense of the way. And I understand jail is jail. You're there. Consequences, fine. Yes, 100%. Great. Be held accountable. I'm all about accountability. However, there has got to be a change. And JR did a huge, like, zoom meeting with um joe cunningham when they were running for you know trying to get votes and that's what we we're talking about is they wanted to do like a marijuana thing where if you had a marijuana charge they'd like get it off your record or it wouldn't be held against you whatever but our big thing again taking that seat at the table not asking for it but taking it because yeah. it is ours and we deserve to be there so we're taking the seat we you need to do more than marijuana like do marijuana that's great but what about meth and what about oxys? What about heroin? What about fentanyl? If you're caught with those things and you're into recovery for seven to 10 years or more or two years, three years, you're, you're going to punish somebody the rest of their life, no matter how good they do in the rest of their life, you're going to still punish them. Yeah. Like we all need to be treated the same, all drugs. And if somebody wants the help, we need to have the funds to do it. And we need to be given them, not these little units and crumbs, groups, you know, crumbs. I call it yeah, breadcrumbs here and there. Here's a here's yes. a hundred. Here's a hundred thousand for your whole state or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. One thing I love what Amanda said, and I, I've been saying this like, but you know, so with the recovery voices like we're there's 23 million or so identified as in recovery. Right. We're a big constituency. And that's one thing I think that Mobilize Recovery and Ryan Hampton's doing really good is like getting us to be a unified voice. But pretty soon, like 
it's not going to be us having a seat at their table. It's going to be our table and they better come and we'll, they'll have to come sit with us because that's what needs to happen. Yeah, like, yes. Nothing about us without us. Yeah, it's no longer yeah. us just being glad we're invited to their table. It's it's getting to a point pretty soon now, like, and we're starting to see this with more uh, coalition building and peer movement, is that pretty soon it's going to be our table and they're going to ask to come sit with us. And that's, yeah. and, that's when, and that's when we're going to see a huge paradigm shift is when it's no longer just like the token person in recovery is sitting at their table or you've been asked to sit on this task force or you're part of this commission. Like pretty soon yeah. it's going to be our table. I'm telling you, we're heading that direction. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, and it's funny, Jason, did you hear Amanda say that like we're not used to this in Minnesota when someone says we provide scholarships for people to go to detox or treatment? Like to me, that's such a foreign idea. Yeah. Because yeah. in Minnesota, we have a very robust treatment system, right? If you're, you yeah. can get like, you don't even have to have insurance in Minnesota to go to treatment. Like really, they'll, like, yeah, they'll can, figure that out yeah. after you. They'll, they'll, they'll get you in and figure out afterwards. Like literally it's 747 right now in Minnesota. If someone called me and said, I need help, I could get them assess an assessment still tonight. Maybe not a treatment placement, but by seven o'clock tomorrow morning, I would have them in a treatment program. Like. Yeah. And without like, I don't have to worry about scholarships. So I just, when I hear that, Amanda, I'm like, that's so disheartening to think that like there's communities that have to do that to help people. Like that to me is, it breaks my heart. Cause oh, I know it's, it's, we're it's so spoiled easier. here in Minnesota because like we have this, you know, we have a, we actually have a behavioral health fund that pays for treatment mm -hmm. when people don't have money, insurance or money. Like, but when I hear other States like yours, where you guys have to do that, I'm just, it, it breaks my heart. It really breaks oh, yeah. my heart. It really is something that, you know, it, it's very extremely frustrating. Um, and, and I, that Minnesota is like somewhere that I just like, I'm dying to go and just visit um, because I got started with virtual meetings and like co-hosting and sharing my story with against the odds and with oh, Phil Phil's Tyler. Good friend of mine. Yep. Phil's yeah. Good and so I love Phil. He's, he's truly an amazing human being. Um, and everybody, ATO, stand up all the way. They're amazing. Every single one. They're truly recovery family in every sense of the word. Um, they rally for their, for recovery family, but a lot of them are from Minnesota. Um, and it's like, a you know, out here in South Carolina, we hear that Minnesota is like a recovery hub. Um, <clears throat> so everybody's like wanting to go, like just experience it. Um, but it is very disheartening and it, it really does make me angry. And here at Wake Up, we are we are very blessed to have amazing donors. I mean, the amount people we have other organizations and like charities that will go and like put on like tournaments, like kind of things like lacrosse and any any kind of thing, you know, a, a turkey trot type run, you know, at Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and any for the proceeds. proceeds come to us. Right. You know, and, and that's how, and so we've been very blessed to have the, the donations, um, but sometimes we, we don't. And it's very disheartening to have people want help and then be stuck, you know, um, and a lot of the insurances too in South Carolina, you can have like bomb, perfect, amazing, the best insurance ever. And you know, a lot of them, they don't cover mat. They don't cover methadone, suboxins, you know, Vivitrol, Subutex. They don't cover that. Mine does, but a lot of them don't. Medicaid even does, you know, that's my insurance and they cover, you know, Matt is my journey. Um, but a lot of these insurance don't cover detox, treatment, Matt, yeah. 
And that's disheartening as well because you go into a MAC clinic and, you know, okay, so it's not, it's not treatment technically a facility. It's not a detox facility, but a MAC clinic is extremely crucial to a lot of people's recovery and it saves lives. It saved mine. Nobody can tell me nothing about it. There's other resources. I mean, you get your, your medicine, but you also get, you know, education and yeah. Counseling services, yeah. like wrapper, we call that wraparound services. Exactly. That. Like, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. just, the, and I, you know, not just go in and dose, right? You actually have access to wraparound services, which is critical, yeah. I think, yeah. to a path of wellness, right? Not just Absolutely. providing just the medication, although that may be it for some people. I get it, right. but. For a lot of people, I think they need that that wraparound services to go with it. So oh, yeah. absolutely. And but even that, you know, like I said, my my insurance covers my methadone and and I see my counselor. I'm very I just I literally am so close with my clinic that I just helped them put on an event. They had a patient appreciation event, and I brought in all 10 vendors. I brought in the junk castle donated, the um, face painting donated, the balloon artist donated. Longhorn Steakhouse donated food. I mean, we went all out. So I'm very close with them. But my again, my point is my insurance pays for it. But if they don't, it's $12 a day to dose. And a drug test is $10. And if you fail it, and then you're like, oh, no, no, there's no way I felt I failed it. I need you to send it off and have it tested again. You have to pay $50. Unless if it's wrong, you don't. But and most of the time, it's not, unfortunately. But it's, it's with anything. You've got people in treatment who don't give a hoot. They're doing it for their family, wasting their, their resources. Same with detox, same jail, same court, same out here living. Every situation has people who are going to hit it hard and, and, and be focused and want it and don't. So Matt has such a bad rap. But right. if insurance doesn't pay for it and you're homeless, you know, our grants around here, you know, we do have a lot of grants that are offered. But the only grant that these MAC clinics right now are getting are like six month, you know, six month like grants so that, you know, you get it for free for six months or you can pay six dollars a day, half for a year. But it's still if you're homeless, you can't do it. You know, there should be you guys should connect. So another person that I know pretty well and through friends with Ryan Hampton is uh, uh, Patrick Kennedy. So he runs an organization called the Kennedy Forum. And his biggest push right now is parity, making sure that, so it's called, it's called parityregistry.org, P-A-R-I-T-Y-R-E-G-I-S-T-R-Y.org, parityregistry.org, where people can file, if you have insurance and you're denied coverage for something, you can file on this website. And they're not going to, it's not necessarily anything's going to happen today, but what they're doing is they're showing how these, all these insurance companies are not, uh, parity is not enforced and they're not providing. I mean, if you, it's a, it's a, uh, a medically necessity, you know, procedure yeah. being that like, that's going to, like, that's a medical necessity. They technically can't deny you coverage for it. If it. And so they're, but they're doing it right. And so we don't have the big problem here with parity. We don't have a lot of parity problems in Minnesota, thank God. But it sounds like you do in South Carolina. And I mm-hmm. highly encourage you to check out the Kennedy Forum and the ParityRegistry.org. And they have a place around here. It says, did, did your health plan deny you or limit coverage for mental health or addiction treatment? And you can submit a claim right on the website. Uh, and you should have everyone do that. Rock, uh, yeah. Patrick, he would love that. Like, that's his biggest fight right now because him and Jim Ramstad were the original uh, – The when in Congress, they passed parity. However, it's still not being – 
done. Like it's still right. not being like so that's his big project. So I highly recommend that. And that's I'm nationwide. Gonna, gonna nationwide. For, for those of you that are listening, that's nationwide. Yeah. So hit that right there. Hit it up. Put it on. And dude, I wanted to back up too because uh this was a good segue, something else that Amanda said about you know how somebody can get busted and it don't matter how many years they have in recovery and they keep getting punished for the same thing you know uh there's another thing that my hero how do i do it randy (laughs) oh whatever randy yes he's involved with is called minnesota second chance coalition you want to tell us about that i wore the shirt i represented two weeks ago i wore the shirt I yes. Oh, That's I need my, one. I need one. Of my one. favorite shirts right here. Anyways, I have like six of them. them. I have like six of them in my closet. Uh, I still have, got the Paps Blue Ribbon looking one. People I know the logo is terrible. We've been, <laughs> we've been saying that for years. Like it's totally Paps Blue Ribbon logo, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I actually was on. So originally I joined that organization in 2014 uh, when they were just a steering committee and we became an official nonprofit probably in 16 or 17. Unfortunately, last year after losing my mom, well, sister and then mom, I stepped down from the board. I'm like, oh. I, I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I had, I really stepped away from just about everything except for, I think the only, if something good that came out of losing your mom and your sister in two months was like hitting this brick wall and then realizing that it was time to put Randy first. Like, and I'd never done that. Like I'd never put me first. Right. And I, I put my, I put my mental health at the top of the list above everything, like above everything. Like I am going to get my head right. And I knew if I didn't, like I wouldn't be able to continue doing the work I do. So I stepped down from the board. But however, even though I did, like some of the work I'm most proud of that I've done in my past is working with a second chance coalition. So uh, a quick story. So in 2015, uh, when I first was just new to the second chance coalition, we were working on the drug sentencing reform here in Minnesota. Uh, and nothing had been done on that system for almost 30 years, like three decades, no changes, no reform. And a really good friend or a guy I just met, but became a good friend of mine, Mark Hasse, who was like one of the founders of the Second Chance Coalition. He knew my story, like 87 months in prison, first time nonviolent drug user, all this stuff. He goes, he goes, you need to go testify at this hearing. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, that's hilarious. Like, like there, I'm not like, no, like I'm not testing. He goes, but he convinced me. And so it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that in my life. Like, right, scared shitless, excuse my French. But I remember, I'll never forget that day. Jason, you probably know this story a little bit. But so like, I've never did this before. So I'm thinking, like, do I wear a suit? Like, I don't even think about, I don't think I even owned a suit then, but I would have had to go buy one. But I'm like, but that's not who I am. Like, and I wanted to show up as my authentic self. And so I had this, so I had the felon shirt, like, and I wore this shirt to testify and it's a black t-shirt just like this, but all it says on it is big letters is felon. And I told my story that day. And let me tell you how emotional that was. Like I was near tears the entire time. The really cool thing that came out of that though was, I mean, for me and for even the what we did is uh, a lot of people gave me a lot of crap for that. Like people that had been working in that system for years, legislators, like I can't believe the guy wore a t-shirt that said blah, blah, blah. Like I got a lot of shit, but I got a lot of people like advocates that said they thought it was perfect. Well, the next day on the front page of our largest newspaper, the Star and Tribune, there was a picture of me in my felon shirt. And it says, felon testifies at drug sentencing reform hearing. And all of a sudden, like, I got a, like, 
I was born that day. Like the advocate, Randy, was born that day. And all of a sudden people like, who is this guy? And what is his story? And like, all of a sudden I was being asked to do more things. And and I, I, I testified a few more times. And we ended up passing the law and we changed the drug sentencing guidelines here in Minnesota. It was the first change in 30 years. And because of those changes, uh, approximately 700 less people go to prison every year. And yeah. uh, that to me is like, if I had done nothing else in my life, except for if I could say that, I would be happy. Like I, I could die tomorrow happy knowing that I helped. And I, there was a, I wasn't the only one that testified. There were many people, but I felt like I was part of that. And, and people will actually be provided help and chances, like second, yeah. third, fourth, fifth chances for their addiction versus just throwing them right in prison, right? Like, so that to me was, and that's like, that started my advocacy journey. That was the pivotal moment where I said, oh my God, first of all, I love this. And I think I'm pretty good at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so that, and they've done a lot of things over the years. We had, we got, we removed fines and fees for driver's license revocation. We've done, like we passed a, a, a bill. Oh, the one I, really great one. And just this couple of years ago that we were the first state in the country to do it. Uh, no more, no women in Minnesota will ever give birth to a child in prison again, ever in Minnesota. We passed a law banning that. Like if a woman's pregnant, she'll be released from prison uh, and be able to have her kid and then stay with a child for a certain amount of time. If she has a lengthy sentence, she may have to return to incarceration, which still we tried to push harder. We got what we could, which again, I'm not trying to say we settled, but we, when you have a divided legislation getting things like that done is not always easy when you have a republican one house senate's republican our house was democrat and then getting those two to agree on anything is a yeah. is a feat but anyways so the second chance coalition near and dear to my heart i'm wearing the shirt of course today like they've done i i'm only a little volunteer for them i do a little social media stuff for them i'm not nearly involved anymore but i'm very proud of the work that we did as, yeah. as that organization and when i was involved with it like we did some cool shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I didn't know that you'd stepped away from it, but now that you brought it up, it it doesn't surprise me because I know I remember when you were going through that time and, and yeah. you know, I remember you being very outspoken about the fact that, you know, like you needed to do you for a while yeah. and, and, you know, I'm glad you did, man. Cause now you're just still blazing trails <laughs> and, you know, tearing shit up out here. Uh, so then, Randy, why don't you tell us about Bold North? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I uh, you know, I was I was a board of directors on the board for Steve Rummer Hope Network, which is the organization in Minnesota that uh, passed our 911 naloxone law. And I sat on the board for that for a couple of years. In 2018, I stepped down from the board and I became an employee. I became the overdose prevention manager. I'm really more work that I'm very proud of through that, through my over. So since 2014, I've been doing Narcan trainings. I, I should have kept better track, but I'm well over a thousand trainings. I've trained more than 10,000 people. I think I'm approaching like really close to a hundred thousand doses distributed Holy in all, shit. in all 87 counties in Minnesota. I am probably one of few people that have been in every county in the state and trained people how to save someone's life with Narcan. So I'm really proud of that work. But I stepped down as the overdose prevention manager, or finally, so in 2019, the executive director and I were going at each other. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I imagine, so I'm gonna be honest, like I'm probably not an easy person to manage. I would hate to be my boss, like, right? Because I have I have strong opinions. I don't do things conventionally sometimes, like, but but I, you just give me the goal and I'll get us there. I'll probably get you there 
in record time or I'll smash the goal or whatever. Like I'm just, that's the kind of person I am. Right. And so we weren't agreeing on something. So I quit, like I quit on February, I think February 27th. I send an email at nine 30 at night. Don't ever do this. Like it's a shitty thing to do, but I quit by email saying effective immediately and horrible thing. I look back and it's probably not the best decision I made, but I was just so upset. It was a very emotional decision. Let me tell you, don't shouldn't make a decision when you're that emotional. Anyways, the next morning I was driving, I was driving from Golden Valley to White Bear Lake, which is generally about a 25 minute drive one way, 20, 25 minute. I was delivering four Narcan kits to the White Bear Lake High School. And we just spent two years working on implementing a Narcan program in that high school, first high school in the state. And my last duty was to deliver these four Narcan kits. Well, it was a snowstorm that morning. It took me five and a half hours to drive to White Bear Lake and back. So, but before I left that morning, I changed my Facebook status and I said, left my job. And of course, by about 7 a.m., my phone was blowing up. Like, what happened? Oh my God, I can't believe you left. And what? And well, one individual called me who was working for a, a national org, and uh, her name's Julia. And she says, Well, Randy, like, I hope things are okay. But if you need work, like, I could give you work tomorrow if you had a, a business. Cause like, I have to contract with an LLC or nonprofit. And I'm like, Well, I don't have one and I'm not starting one. Like, I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm going to write a business plan. I'm going to figure out what my next steps are. But she planted that seed in a snowstorm. So here I am driving, you know, hours in my car. And I started thinking, if I did start a company, what would the name be? And I love the name. Like, I started thinking like words like bold north and like, because we're weird, like people think of us as the frozen tundra and we're, and yes. I'm, I'm kind of a bold person. So I thought like bold north recovery, like right away it came to my head. And I thought, that's it. Like, like if that's going to be my business name, I got home. I went on the Minnesota State Secretary of State website to register the name and pay the fee. And there was already a company called Bold North Recovery. And I was like devastated. They were, oh. they were a towing company. Uh, and I, <laughs> I drove tow truck for 10 years. So I understand we recover automobiles. Like, so I get the whole idea, right? But my I was just bitching and moaning. And my wife's like, what's wrong? And I told her, and she's like, so you're not going to be like, you're not an RCO. You want to do private consulting work. So just call it Bold North Recovery and Consulting. I'm like, okay, like it's done. So Genius. I registered, registered, <laughs> registered the name, paid the 155 bucks. And next thing I know, I had an LLC. And I called my friend at that national org and I said, I have a business. She goes, great. I'll send you over some contracts. And I had work right away. But then, yeah. you know, that, that was just a little, it wasn't a lot of work, but it was enough to like get me going for sure. But I said, what am I really going to do? And I really, I knew, started to learn more about the peer lane, the peer recovery lane. And I'm like, we're seeing record number overdose deaths and we have this workforce shortage. And, and I was a counselor, like I'm an LADC, a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. I did that for two and a half years and I, I burnt out from it because it's just such a high stress job. Right. And so I think, so I wanted to learn more about peer services. So I learned all about, I could about peer recovery. And then I went out and I became an authorized trainer for Connecticut community for addiction recovery. They're in Connecticut. They authorize people to train their curriculum. Their curriculum is accepted in more than 30 States and now like seven countries. Uh, that was also really cool over the pandemic. I contracted work with CC car and I've trained people. I've trained people to be recovery coaches in more than 500 cities, 40 States and seven countries now. And over and during, during the pandemic, I know it's so cool during the pandemic, we, started a peer program in the UK, a recovery coach program. We started one in Australia. We started one in Ireland and we expanded one in Canada all wow. during, all during COVID-19. Uh, but that's because we moved online. Like prior to COVID, everything was always in person. 
and and we didn't know how restrictive that was until we got to do it online. And then we realized, holy, like this, the world has opened up to us, right? And like, I have a training next week and I have 37 participants registered from like four states, like, and two people from Canada. And like, it's so crazy. Like, it's just, it's so cool. But that's Bold North Recovery. Like, so I've really heavily focused on the peer recovery workforce. I actually got a grant this year from Department of Human Services uh, for work, a workforce development grant. And it's basically making sure the peer recovery specialists in Minnesota get their, get the continuing education they need uh, because we don't have continuing education in Minnesota uh, that's for peers. Like we have counselor and social worker and all that other classes. But because I'm an authorized facilitator for CCAR, I do all their curriculums. So now all those curriculums are coming to Minnesota, which is really cool. So I just finished uh, last this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, we had an emergency room department training. So that's number, there's eight trainings total. That was number three of eight. Uh, and I'm going to run out of money six months early because I've already like, got it spent. And so I'm going to be asking the state for more money, but uh, that's really cool. But some of the work I'm most passionate about is the work I don't get paid for. So the overdose prevention work, I don't get paid a dime for that. I mean, some people, if I go do a training at a sober home, they may slip me a hundred bucks or a, a caribou or Starbucks gift card, right? But I don't, I don't make, I don't get paid for that work. And the advocacy and legislative and policy work I do, I don't get paid for. Although I think they should pay me for it. But I don't no. know. I don't know if I could be a lobbyist as long as I didn't have to answer anybody because that's my biggest problem. Like, <laughs> like if I have to have a boss again, that's I don't think that'll go well. Like, right? I just, <laughs> I just don't think it will. Uh, although this year we did the state developed a new initiative, so we have that new addiction recovery director position. And I've been involved with the governor's office on helping establish that office. So we're, they're going to wait till after the, the election now before they make final decisions on that. But I'm, I've been really lucky to be involved with that. I had a contract with SAMHSA last month, like the Substance Abuse Mental Health Service Administration. Like they contracted me to do some work. I think that's really cool. Like really? Yeah. I mean, and, and I got to fly out to D.C. last week and spend time with at their, their national summit they had. And it's just I, I'm blown away. Like I have this thing called imposter syndrome. I think many of us do in this space is like, yeah. I don't deserve to be here. Like, why am I here? I took this great workshop though, Jason, with Rosie Greenberg and Joseph Green yeah. called Managing Your Inner Critic. And it changed my life. Like I right? just started it. I did. I just did the first one Dude, last week. So good. Yeah. But Joe wasn't there. Oh. It was just Rosie, but same course though. Yeah. And now I so got, good. I think this week on Tuesday or coming up yeah, yeah this next tuesday is the uh advanced one so good so she said we're gonna make uh like blanket forts or something yes uh, whatever but what it what it did for me is it finally for the first time so i named my critic its name is leo who actually same name as my dad because that's who's been my biggest critic uh but i i now know how to like mute my inner critic i know how to set boundaries with minute with my inner critic i no longer feel like that imposter syndrome I do deserve to be there because I've worked hard and my voice matters. Right. And that's, that's the, I think that's the important part. Like a, a, I know a lot of my recovery advocate friends, like sometimes think, I, why am I here? Like, who am I? And you're here because you deserve to be here and never forget that. So anyways, I've just yeah. talked a lot again. So I love it. <laughs> I feel like that's a very valid point though, because I have struggled with that. Like same like imposter syndrome feeling like, when I started at Wake Up, when they asked me to like work here, I was like, <laughs> "Right, yes, exactly." Are you talking to me? Right. <laughs> me? Like, are you sure? Wait, have you? 
are you are you positive because right. i think that you miss like i think that you think i'm something and i'm not and my boss nancy shipman she's our executive director and she has been other than like my own mother um and like best friend my biggest supporter she has built me up told me how great i was doing not that she had to or needed to in her in her you know her position but um, you know, I'm a single mom. I have two biological kids and a niece and a cousin I have joint custody of. So I have four kids, um, 12 and 12 to four years old Four all in that like space. Um, so it's, it's really awesome. You know, she built me up and over the last year that I've been working here, I've realized like, well, hold on a second. I'm trying and I can't say that I've learned and I can't say I'm where you are. I'm working to get there. But there's still plenty of times when I'm sharing my story on a live or I'm sharing a podcast. I just did a podcast with um, a woman named Sarah Frick. Um, Are You For Real is the name of her podcast. And I always talk about Wake Up because it's very important to me and it's a very big part of my recovery. Um, But my point is we had like five people call my office because of hearing my story, wanting to volunteer, wanting information, like the mom's group, you know, compass, all recovery, adult meetings, like it was great. And then I found yesterday, I got an email from South Carolina Voyage magazine. I've never even heard of them, which doesn't mean much. Cause I'm, I don't know a lot of stuff, <laughs> but um, they're emailing me asking me if I will do an interview with them. And I'm like, wait a minute, how did you find me? Like, <laughs> Where did you come from? And they're like, what the bottom of our interviews, there's a thing where you can click and someone can like recommend somebody whose story is like huge and inspiring and will help others. And somebody recommended you and they can do it anonymously or they can do it, you know, say who they are. And of course it was anonymous. Um, And so I have no idea who did it. Um, Like literally, I don't even have an idea. Um, I'm very grateful that they think that my voice and my story is, you know, that important. And I, and I do believe that it is important as well. Um, But I still struggle frequently with feeling like, who am I? Like, who am I? I make it, I make a point to only say lived experience, not to give advice, not to tell somebody what to do. This is what I did. You take it upon yourself if you think that's great or not. Um, But I still struggle with that though. So I really admire you that you've got to that point. And I really hope that, you know, the work that I'm doing internally in myself, um, I'm very negative from addiction. Like everything I do, I just, I expect the worst. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm four and a half years into this, um, which is a long time, but isn't that long in the big scheme of things either. Um, but I'm still very negative. I don't trust anyone, even the people who I should trust. I have no reason to not trust them. Like literally it's absolutely like complete insanity, um, that I don't trust them, but I'm just very negative mindset with so many things and I wasn't before my addiction. So I'm still trying to work through that. And I just, I hope that somebody's hearing this or will hear this because I feel like there's so much pressure on ourselves to just bounce back, you know, like, boom, we're good. Okay. I'm in recovery a week, a year, five years, and now I'm good, but I'm still struggling. I'm still trying to get it down. And 
I've got to the point where I know that my story, it's, it's so blunt and in my face that I see that my story is inspiring. It is empowering to some people. It speaks to people. It has clearly helped people because they're hearing it and then they're they're coming in here in, in my work, getting help or reaching out or volunteering or whatever it is. Um, I just have to, everybody else is proud of me and sees that I deserve to be in the position that I am and still growing um, and thriving. I just need to get there myself, you know, and we're, we are our worst critics. We are harder on ourselves than we are with any, with anything. So I'm still working on that. Yeah, I'd never let anybody talk to me the way that I talk to myself. Absolutely. Oh, hell no. Hell no. 100%, right? Yeah, nah. Uh -uh. <laughs> I'd be like. That uh, old me is coming back me. out. Yep, yeah. it, I ain't the one. Yeah, nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, no. That's funny. No, you're not alone. That's for sure. You're not. Yeah. Hmm. A sigh of relief, guys. I know. I'm just, uh, I'm tired. It's, I mean, it's just later in the East Coast. It's only, you guys, some of you are, you're probably an hour later than I, we are, but I've a uh, long day and I have a long day tomorrow, but uh, I don't know. I, how long, how long does this go for? Are we? There's not a set time. There's we're, not a set time. Yeah, yeah, we're, cool. we're not organized well, at all. Good. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. So I do want to, then since we got, I'm going to talk in you know, Jason and Amanda already know, but I want the audience to know there's this, Thing that where a lot of us are involved with called mobilized recovery, like right. And I want to just talk. I do want to make sure I talk a little bit more about that. So it's gonna traditionally it's been an event or a convening, like in Las Vegas or one year on virtually because of COVID, where we kind of come together in one location. Which we're gonna have a like a virtual conference at the end of it. But this year I think it's really cool. As Ryan's decided, as I kind of mentioned, I don't know if I, early on in the program or when we were just talking. So we often say phrases in the recovery space, like meeting people where they are, right? Well, Ryan decided that's what he wanted to do this year with the with this mobilized recovery. So he's taking his show on the road. So the bus, we're going to do a bus tour, which is this huge bus <laughs> wrapped with mobilized like recovery. And I guess they're going to have it so people can sign the bus and it's going to be really cool. But it's launching from Las Vegas, Nevada. On There's a big launch party the weekend of September the third and the fourth, and then the fifth, it's launching in Vegas. But you know, so I'll see you there. Yeah, I know, Jason. I know I figured you were coming. I remember you saying that. So then it's going to, and you can go to mobilizerecovery.org and you can, and you can find if there's on the screen. Thank you very much. Whoever's quick, quick to the draw. And then you can quick, click on the bus tour and you can see like what stops and where it's going. But it's starting in Vegas on the fifth and it's circling around the country and eventually it's ending. In uh, looks like the last stop is probably Spokane, Washington, on October sixth. So it's it's like a month long event where they're going to be traveling, zigzagging across the country. Like I mean, down to New Mexico, up to Maine, uh, up to Maine, like all over the place. So yeah. I would highly recommend going on there and looking and see if it's going to be near you or in your city, and go check it out at least. Like I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're doing in Minneapolis for it. So it's coming on. Uh, it's we didn't pick the day and I wished it was a different day, but whatever we'll do with it. So September 11th, which is a big oh. day right, in our country's history. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Oh my God. So cool. So we decided I'm on the planning committee with Hazleton, Hazel and Betty Ford foundation, which you got a lot of you probably heard of them. They're all over the nation. Biggest, one of the biggest treatment providers in the United States. 
Uh, but they're they're kind of in charge of this stop, which is great. I've just been lucky to be involved with it. We're gonna have two main like two main events that day. The first one is gonna be a little smaller, like intimate closed event. But we're gonna have it at like a, a fire station. So we want to honor first responders. Like it's we don't want to we can't ignore what day it is. It is September 11th, and uh, one of the biggest populations or or just you know fields that were impacted by that was firefighters, right? So we're gonna have like a roundtable, a recovery roundtable. It's gonna be more like a policy legislative roundtable at a firehouse, and we haven't. We haven't got the exact firehouse nailed down yet, but we're hoping to pick like an old one of the older ones in St. Paul or Minneapolis. And then we're going to invite like the mayors of the city and some elected officials. We're going to talk about what are they doing uh, with recovery and treatment and how are they going to spend the opioid money that they're going to get and listen to that. So that's that'll be like the first like from I think that's from like 1130 to 1230 or something like that. Then the bus will drive over to Hazelden in St. Paul the St. Paul location, which we went there, was just there two days ago, did a walkthrough of what that's going to look like. This is going to be fun. So we're going to have from one to three, we're going to have a, a mobilized recovery tailgate party. So we're going to have barbecue grills. We're going to have like uh, resource tables. We're going to have bouncy houses. We're going to have like, you know, all kinds of activities happening that day. And there's a, 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 a group of packs. So the Vikings also play the Packers that day. So lots happening. And then right when it leaves Minneapolis, it's actually the bus is heading to Wisconsin after that. So we're, we, we decided we wanted to make, so Manitowoc, which I hope I said that. I think I actually said that right for the first time ever. That's kind of where the closest we're <laughs> here. So anyways, there's a thing called the Yellow the yellow Club or the Yellow Flag Club, or I can't remember, but it's a sober Packer fan club. And they have their own section at Lambeau Field and this and that, but they're going to come over to, to Hazleton. And party with us, have this sober tailgate party, right? So I think it's going to be a blast. I'm going to be sending out an email blast from my, I mean, Hazelwood's advertising already. I got the link today. I'll be sending it out to all my partners. And I have a couple thousand on email listserv that I'll be sending it out probably tomorrow. But if you're in Minnesota or near Minnesota, please stop by on September 11th. Or you're wherever you are in the country, check Mobilize Recovery out and see if they're coming to a city near you. Uh, and try to get there because I think all these stops are going to be phenomenal, like just yeah. amazing. So that's my plug for Mobilize. So uh, yeah, yeah, and then it'll be back in Vegas next year, you guys too. So if you want to get out there, uh, you know, I gotta say I was shocked that I got invited to go. Uh, you know, cause it's like a long application, and I'm like, <laughs> I look at dudes like Randy. You know, and there's a few people like that in Minnesota that just are real movers and shakers. And this is their, you know, I'm not saying it's not my purpose. Like, this is my purpose, right? But, you know, spread the message of hope. But, like, they are living it, like, and it's like their whole, like, life, their profession, whatever. So I'm like, why would they invite me? But dude i know <laughs> trust me you're preaching to somebody both of y'all talking about that shit that's why i was like you're not alone i get it <laughs> i'm excited though because um like you said the catawba you know south carolina so i already looked it up and it's two hours and 52 two hours and 52 minutes from me yeah. um and so i'm like we going be there, and, be square. Yeah, I am and like so freaking stoked because I wanted to go to like Vegas and like have the whole experience, but yeah. I just got a new place finally after four years of 
you know, trying living with my parents and, you know, things there again after my husband passed. Um, I'm finally moving out September 1st, me and my two um, full, my full time kids. Um, and so I've got a lot of moving to do and then work. I'm going 40 hours now and plus the four kids and school just went back, started went this past Wednesday. So I'm not able financially or time wise to do it. But next year I'm, I'm going to be booking it. But I'm very excited you're, about that. busy mama. I am. But I am yeah. definitely making that trip, that two hours and 52 yeah, minutes cool. so that I can uh, get that bus. Well, you know what's cool, too, is like last year was a, that was an amazing opportunity to go and in Vegas. But it's busy. I mean, it's <laughs> all day, yeah. every day. You don't get a lot of free time and it's so stimulating and yeah. you learn so much and it's so fucking intense and emotional that you're literally like drained. I think I was like down for like two days after. Like, I mean, just didn't feel like doing shit. So two people say that like you were yes. the person who said that. So like this year, you know, coming up for the launch anyway, you know, I'm flying out Saturday morning. I'm leaving uh, Monday evening and we'll arrive back in Minnesota around midnight. And I rented a thanks for the uh, tips, Randy, uh, off yes. of Tur Turo. I got was amazing. I got like a vehicle for the whole time I'm there. And dude, I got my girls coming with me and we got the kids taken care of and it's just going to be us. And we're going to have tons of just free time to yeah. do whatever the fuck we want to do, you know, and like, just go explore Vegas. Cause that was my last time was my first time going to Vegas. And I was like, I don't even have time to explore this motherfucker because <laughs> I'm way too tired. You know right. what I mean? So that's going to be cool to be able to do that. Uh, you know, with the woman I love and all that. Yeah, so, that but man, you guys, this is really funny too because Randy was saying he, he, you can tell he doesn't watch the show, but he was like, I want to make sure I mentioned Mobilize. Between me and Ashley and JR, the people that watch this show are probably so sick of hearing about Mobilize. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. like, they hear about it all the time, Good. bro. Don't Good. worry. We're no slouches when it comes Excellent. to the plug. Glad to hear that. So, hey, and I got accepted this year for my first time. If, uh, if I didn't say if I didn't say something and Ryan happened to watch this, like he would kick my ass. So I, I feel like I kind of if I didn't say something, like I mean you did good story, you know. So Ryan Ryan, who I have known for a while, met because of well, we both stalked Greg Williams basically for United yeah. But you know, in 2018, the first time we met face to face, and then Sean, his fiance, and I, Sean and I worked together at the time. Sean was my boss, actually hilarious. And so I, Sean and Ryan had known each other because we worked on some mutual projects together, but they had never met. Well, then that night they, they said they're going to go to dinner and I invited myself to dinner with them. Not like, I didn't think anything about it. Apparently, yeah. that was their, apparently that was their first date. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I, I invited myself to Ryan and Sean's first date. Uh, we're getting married in March. Uh, I am invited, my wife and I are going to the wedding. So oh, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, uh ryan has just been a dear friend of mine we, t we we probably talk every day i mean it's no doubt either text every day for sure but i think what he's doing with the recovery community is uh is amazing uh and the, the the in a short amount of time the the amount of 
momentum that he's been able to build is just astonishing. Like I know, yeah. and it probably, it probably helps that you've written a couple of books and you, and you used to work at the white house. And like, I think like, how do you do that kind of stuff? Right. Cause like, I don't think I'm like, I guess right. I have to write a book. Like if I want to, like, that's, that's what's next for Randy is I'll probably have to write a damn book. Right. So well, I see what you mean, dude. It is unprecedented. And yeah. the, the presenters uh, at this thing are like yeah. amazing yeah. and it, just the quality of the information dude like amanda you were talking about just even just from viewing tipping the paint tipping the paint scale you know it's like imagine that like times a hundred because it's for like three full days <laughs> right. i mean it's crazy the amount of information you can cram in your cranium in three days <laughs> it's like recovery coach academy was the same way for yeah. me just like overload you know i felt like my I was like, is there smoke coming out of my ears? <laughs> oh, shit. You know, the wheels are turning real hard, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's, And it is. It's life-changing. It gets you pumped, and it fuels the fire, and it, it's very motivating and empowering, you know, what they do. They, they, they kind of combine all those things together to fucking equip you and then get you fired up and then you're going to like be off like a jet engine and go mobilize. Right. That's why it's called mobilize. Like are you going to go back home and you're going to fucking get people pumped. And some States have done like amazing stuff like Maine. I look at what Courtney's are. Uh, yeah. Courtney's been able to do out in Maine and, and, but they did get a grant, which probably helped. Uh, I, Jason, and I have this conversation often. It's like, it just, we've yet to build that kind of momentum in Minnesota, which is a little sad. Uh, I'm not, like I'm not giving up. Oh, hey Tim, Tim's in the house. What up, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just—that's <laughs> so funny. But like we, I mean, so I one thing that did come out of Mobilize for me is so I ended up I do I do have my own 501c3 now called Minnesota Recovers, and that was born out of Mobilize. Like I just knew after my first year going there, I knew that I like I had to have a not I I had to have a a, a 501c3 even if I'm not ready to use it yet, like just getting that in that infrastructure in place was critical. Like I learned that my first year mobilized. So last year, 2020, actually, I, I finally decided I'm just going to do it. And I, I had the name already like reserved. I, you know, had whatever. And, but it, it took me about nine months, but I actually have, not only do I have Bold North Recovery, which is my LLC, I have Minnesota Recovers, which is my 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, not, not currently active or doing anything, but when I'm ready, I know I'll have it ready to go. And it's really cool. And it's funny when I was, I don't go on like the admin part of the page very often. I did yesterday and I had, it took me forever to get like fundraising set up for that, but I finally got it. Someone did a birthday fundraiser for Minnesota Recovers. I didn't even know. And it was like a month ago. I feel horrible. Like I have to call that person and say, you know, they raised like 50 bucks, but whatever. Like you did it. Like, I'm so, my God, you're amazing. Like I don't even, didn't even know you and you did a first, a birthday fun anyways so i i have to get in touch with that young lady and say just thank her for doing it and like i was blown away i'm like i didn't have no idea so horrible well, i knew that you invited me to that but i didn't know that you started that that's my 51c3 yeah well what the h man <laughs> what the h yeah that's you gotta it. have it like in today's world if you want to be involved with like especially government samsa grants you have to have a 51c3 because that's the only way you're going to get one. Like they, they're never going to change their rules around that. I'm just come to terms with that as much as I've screamed about it. 
I'm not going to get the federal government to change the, how they do things. Like that's just, the, <laughs> I'd like to, <laughs> but I'm not going to, it's not going to happen. Luck. The state, the state I can work a little bit on and like local level, I, I can do some shit there, but I'm not getting the, I mean, as much as I, I'm not getting the feds to change anything. Like, <laughs> hey, they, you know, dream big. Just go <laughs> right. big or go home, Randy. Well, Ryan, that's what Ryan said. Because I want to, I do want to run for office. Like, so my next real aspiration is to, I mean, for me, the next logical step is to be an elected official. I just like what the work I do. And I was going to run in 2020. I was going to start a campaign. Unfortunately, my sister got ill, and then, and then I lost. That I lost her. But God, it just that kills me every time I think. But I miss my sister so much. Every I miss her every day so much. Let's and get the words out, brother. And uh, I was going to start my campaign that year, and I'm. I decided because when she got sick and spent, I was in the hospital for five months with her. I said I just had to put this on hold, and I'm really grateful I did. And that was like again the the universe sending me a sign that hey, now's not the time, right? But I think in 2024 I'm going to revisit it because I really think. And then Ryan's like, oh, screw that, just run for Congress. I'm like, no, like I no, like I no, like state level. Let's start with the state, like. And of course, my wife, who I'm, she ran for city council last year in Golden Valley where we live, and she won, and nailed it. She won, right? And I'm, I'm like, not gonna lie, I'm a little jealous because I always thought I'd be the first elected official in our house, like, and she beat me, she beat me to it, like, screw you. But I'm glad, I'm glad she did it. I'm glad she won, although it does. She is. She's already has a high stress life as it is. The company. She's an executive for a very large company, and I worry about her and her own health and things like that. So it stresses the shit out of me. Her being always stressed out like that. Be good, but that's life. Like right, you were. We don't have any kids. Thank God, we have a cat. <laughs> I'd like to get another dog. She's not ready yet. We lost. You know, we put Frank down a few months ago. So, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Hopefully now you get like a break and the hits will stop coming for a while. God, please, like the sister, mom, stepdad, and then Frank, the dog. And I'm like, really, God, the dog too? Like, that's right. <laughs> it's like a country song. <laughs> I don't own a pickup truck, thank God, and I, I don't drink, I don't drink beer, right? I, although sometimes I wished I did, but. <laughs> oh, shit. It's funny stuff. I mean, we got to be able to laugh, right? Yeah. But I really got to like get going and get to bed soon. I'm getting tired. So I'm going to get out of here. Then. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I do sleep. I'm I'm that kind of person though. So if I like, so my internal clock wakes (laughs) me up at 5 a.m. every day, whether I like it or not. So if I go to bed at 1 (laughs) a.m., I will still wake up at five. So if I if I don't go to bed by like ten, I won't get enough sleep. Like this is just not gonna <laughs> happen. So I I don't know. That's just I can't like five o'clock comes and I'm up. Like I can't mm. can't help it. So hey man, I'm especially like during the week, eight thirty, and I'm already sitting here like looking at the clock. Like I get itchy <laughs> with that. Like I'm right. militant because right. I found out because of my recovery, how important sleep is yeah. for my mental clarity, Everything. for my emotional stability, yeah. all of it. So, and I just wish that Brett, we got to get a slow-mo of your reaction, your face you made when Randy said that his internal clock wakes him up at 5 a.m. Because that shit was gold. <laughs> Solid gold. Yeah, I'm not 
I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> I am such a morning person. I get most of my work done like from five to 10 or 11 AM. Like that's my most productive time of the day. After that, I start to crash. Like, ah, I get, I like, oh, close the laptop or I'll go grab a coffee at Brugger's or something. But like my, I'm from 5 AM to 11, I get shit done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my internal clock is like seven thirty, eight o'clock. I wish, I yeah. wish I could sleep that late. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> I love it. Well, anyway, people don't care about our sleep schedules. Yeah. Yes, they do. They do. Or our internal clocks. They, they feel the struggle. Some some have the same struggles. Like, right? They can identify. I'm sure. True that. Yeah. My sponsor will wake up. Prison. When I was in prison, though, like I I was like I would say this. I was a professional sleeper. I could sleep fourteen <laughs> to sixteen hours a day in prison. Like Damn. no problem. And you know how fast your time goes when you sleep it away? Like it's like months go by and you slept most of it. And it's amazing. Like that for me was a lifesaver. Sleeping in prison helped me get through it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> months go by and you're like, where did the time go? Exactly. It's great. <laughs> I, I slept it away. Of course, I got fat and I, I ate a lot of just zebra cakes and junk food, but whatever, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> So good. Anyways, I just picture you just smashing. Oh, What's dude, up, Paul? Two hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. I was. I mean, I'm. I'm got extra twenty now that I hate from COVID. But like, I was a fat. Like, I was obese. Zebra cakes, all because of zebra cakes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't eat. I don't eat zebra cakes anymore, and I don't eat ramen noodles anymore. <laughs> nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. I got buddies that still make jailhouse burritos. Oh my god, they're so good, but they are, <laughs> but they still make them every once in a while just for old time's sake yep. to reminisce. But but, but not that they don't noodles, live that life no more, you know. <laughs> but not ramen noodles and not zebra cakes. <laughs> <laughs> good shit. Man, Brett, what do you got for us for the outro music today? I got outro music. I also got a three second mo- or three second, three minute mobilized recovery clip from last year. If we want to play that, oh, um, hell yeah. we got options. I'm a professional, yeah. damn it. <laughs> He's a professional. Can't find your I see your lights are on. Did you find your remote? I found the remote. Nice. Good Somebody job. Hit it. it so I think the mobilized video would probably be a good one to end on myself. That's my vote, but uh Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Hey Amanda, thanks for yeah. uh coming and joining us this week. I think I sent you a friend request on Facebook, Amanda. Uh, oh, cool. I, I think, will I will add it now. You're my five thousandth friend, so now I'm maxed out on Facebook again, but oh, <laughs> so, uh, he does all of his work between five and eleven, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> all right guys thank you it was great meeting you and chatting with you and shooting the shit and talking about recovery and advocacy and all that fun stuff so yeah hell yeah bro it was awesome thank you guys for having me it's always a plan oh. recovery is a family of choice we're gonna bring ourselves into this space and allow us to bring our identity go find that place where you can make that change happen because it is within each one of us. The energy of joy and love and connection starts to emerge. 
There's power in our stories and power in the things that we've been through. Stand up right now and give yourself an applause, a hug, a pat on the back, because you have been the addiction safety net in this country during the pandemic. But it begins with hope. I went from having getting sober be this this place of shame and fear to it being a source of pride and community. As long as we surround ourselves with those that love us and only want the best for us, we will be not just surviving in recovery, but thriving in our recovery journeys. You gotta make recovery fun. Are we ready for this? I've been inspired all night, and it is an absolute privilege and an honor to be up here celebrating the gift of recovery with you guys. We're social creatures, and we need some sort of support system and reaffirmation. What I knew is that I had no hope, and when I got here, suddenly I had hope. It is important to continue to really live out loud and to bring the voices of those who are in recovery and those who have been lost to addiction to the conversation. That's how mobilized recovery really comes together. We're on the cusp of this moment. Any effective advocacy effort is often, I believe, built on empathy and connection. Events like this is my way of honoring my brother. Now I stay sober because I love the life I live and I get to help other people love their life. Our mission is extending hope and extending life. And part of that is making sure that the bridge runs both ways. I didn't think that my voice mattered, but as a family member, our voices do matter. All of us family members are in recovery. My vision is that one day we have collegiate recovery on every campus. You need to mobilize because we need to break down the stigma. We need to mobilize because we need to, we need to get to those folks that are sick and suffering. We need to mobilize because we need to bring attention to this disease. We can use technology to personalize treatment to people where they are inexpensively so that underserved, highly marginalized, highly stigmatized populations can get the same access as a billionaire with. When we welcome Americans in recovery into our schools, homes, and workplaces with open arms, our nation becomes stronger, healthier, and more inclusive about allying and being together. If we have this many people in the room, it means we're on the right path. It's about taking what you learn here, bringing it back to the community and having it translate into action. Connection is the antidote to addiction. We each have a story to share and every voice matters. We need all hands on deck to end this national crisis. cool have a good night guys really great meeting you see you all soon hopefully or on the interweb somewhere so <laughs> good night good night have a good one randy bye y'all see you amanda bye jason bye brett bye guys bye, um, Red, i guess dude. should we i guess we should still do the the closing uh comments and stuff yeah, people like the stupid shit we say at the end. They I do. I know there's somebody out there that's like, that's my favorite part when those guys are just talking about random ass shit.
It's true. It's true. And if you guys were joining us tonight on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications. If you guys haven't figured it out yet, we go live every Thursday night. We start at 7.05 p.m. Central Time, 8.05 Eastern. We had to throw that extra five minutes on there for Ashley because uh, <laughs> she's always a little tardy to the party. So we added a couple minutes there, buffer time. <laughs> if, if you guys would like to send us a voice message because sometimes we get tired of hearing ourselves talk and we want to hear we want this to be a two-way conversation so if you guys have something that you would like to share with us you can send us a message at speak-2.us slash rrl and you can leave up to a three-minute message and we can play that on the show or if it's something that you want to keep a little bit more private let us know we won't play it on the air but you can still send us a message so uh so we can hear back from you guys because we would love to to hear from you and uh we thank you guys for tuning in tonight um if you guys would like to watch some of the old episodes you can do that on facebook or youtube or you can go to recovery-revolution.org live and we have all the episodes archived there as well as the show notes all the links and stuff that we discuss in the episodes are posted there so if you missed something or you're trying to find the link for something that we talked about on the episode there's going to be clickable links there so be sure to check that out Jason, you have your own podcast. True that. Uh, me and my buddy Charlie, we do the Way Out podcast, and it is available on all the major platforms. I should really send you a picture of the logo, Brett, so that That'd you can cool. actually. Yeah, because then it, you could have it on the screen, and it'd be like, bam. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Way Out podcast, three hundred and six episodes, I think, in row, and we're still going. And I really, I'm proud of that. It's probably like the biggest blessing of my recovery other than this, because this is also a humongous blessing. I just love it. I didn't think I had anything valuable to add to the stream <laughs> of life. <laughs> so thanks. Yeah. And I guess yeah. I should probably do the same for my podcast. I don't even have my own podcast with a little thing made up here, which is pretty silly. But recovery I also, survey yeah i have my own podcast oh other way recovery survey new episode every wednesday um not quite as far along as jason i uh, just released episode 125 so still a pretty solid catalog um, so yeah check that out we also release the audio from the live stream as a podcast so if you guys don't have time to sit in front of the computer or your phone and watch the whole thing search for recovery revolution live on your favorite podcast player and take us on the road take us to the gym yeah. hell yeah however you consume your podcast i know for me i listen to a lot of podcasts while i drive because i drive yeah. a lot for work so it's a great way to stay caught up hear some incredible different speakers in recovery learn a lot of different information hear some new perspectives so check out some of those resources and uh i guess that's it you got anything else jason i was just jamming out to that surf rock i i had to i had to get it in because i know that ashley doesn't like the rap or the surfing <laughs> music and she's not here to stop me so i'm gonna play those songs and also i didn't label the new music that i added to my sound pad so it was kind of a mystery i didn't want to like hit it and it'd be something really weird um so yeah i just kind you of know, i should start playing my guitar again and maybe write 
I, I think you should. I mean, I, I have all kinds of random. I have an electric kazoo over here. I have this fun thing that my wife got me that makes weird noises that I've never played on the show. But it does like weird, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's really cool. Hell yeah. You know what I want to get? Thing. A didgeridoo. Oh, do it. Do Bro, it. they're expensive as hell, though. I think those things are it's not an cheap. Yeah, That's an for investment. sure. You gotta like practice, and then a synthesizer would be fun. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. I got one of those talk boxes, but I haven't really mastered it yet, so I haven't busted it out on the live stream yet. But <laughs> at some point, I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna what. Work on it. That's what Chrissy just said. That's oh, your wife. Talk box. Yeah, that's my wife. So you guys, um, you guys like finish each other's sentences, don't you? Because you think sometimes, like, yeah. I love it. And she's probably also thinking about just all the random crap that I have put in this office for no reason that I don't ever use on the show. <laughs> she's probably also going, okay, your show's okay. over, honey. Yeah, get off. I'm ready for dinner. <laughs> Let's go. All right, buddy. <laughs> get, to, get to family time. Kiss that baby. Oh, baby's already in bed. I, well, I, I miss bedtime on Thursday nights. If baby wakes up, you can kiss baby secretly i hope she does i know my wife doesn't but i secretly hope that she does wake up just just for like five minutes not yeah. not a major meltdown just wake up for real quick like one of those wake ups where it's really cutesy uh -huh. like yeah uh -huh. and then they just fall back asleep I don't wish that on me <laughs> <laughs> right on alright man alright All right. have a good night you do the same sir I shall. you guys take care of yourselves and each other out there we'll talk to you later that's right remember guys progress not, not perfection. perfection see you guys next Thursday